Thanks for tuning in to the Change Church Podcast. We believe change is more than a church. It's a culture. And we are living out our purpose so that others can find theirs. We hope that this message encourages and inspires you. Now, here's Pastor Elijah Hollis. Are you ready for God to move in your life? Are you ready for God to move in your situation? Are you ready for God to move in your spirit? Come on, let's get in a, a, a posture of expectation. Can you just, we take a moment before we get into the word today. Can we just posture ourselves to hear from the Lord? Can you just quiet yourself? Lord, we thank you. And we just become aware. We become aware that Holy Spirit, you're here. We become aware of what you want to do in the room, what you want to do in our spirits, what you want to do in our hearts to transform us. God, we know that what you've put inside of us already, the word you've spoken already, you are clarifying today. And I pray that your word would go forth and produce fruit today in our lives. That it wouldn't just be something we hear, but it'd be something we put into action. It'd be something that we would, uh, it would motivate us and inspire us to go further in what you've called us to do. I just pray over every single person in this room, fill us with your spirit right now in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Amen, amen. Well, welcome to everybody online Great for you to join us. Thank you so much for everybody in this room. So nice to have you here today. I believe that God has a, a word for us and a word for our church in this season, what God is doing and preparing in your home, what God is doing and preparing in this home. Amen? How many are ready for God to move through you in this season? Come on. We're in this series called Kingdom Vibes. And you know, there's a lot of vibes that are sent. And we send good vibes, positive vibes. Even my daughter, she's eight years old. And she has a shirt that says good vibes. I'm like, everybody's sending vibes today. But it's all about good vibes, positive vibes. But when you come into a, a place with Jesus and he gets in your life, how many know you can't settle for good vibes anymore? Now he calls us to a new level of sending kingdom vibes. Now, when you break it down to what Jesus calls us to do, he says that everybody Everybody, not just the preachers or teachers or the people you see online or people you see on the stage. Everyone is called to have these signs and wonders, miraculous signs, casting out demons, all these things happening for those who believe. And so we're, we're, we're diving into this as a church, you as a family, you as a person. How do we stand in the place of sending kingdom vibes? How do we be ones that everywhere we go, we send kingdom into motion? How many know that where the kingdom is, good things follow? Where the king is, all the goodness in his kingdom comes with him. The power, the authority, the peace, the love, the joy, the strength, all of that is present when kingdom comes into the room. And we are called as individuals, you are called everywhere you go to send kingdom vibes to come into a space and command authority. Today, I wanna to talk about unity and the power of agreement. And by the end of this experience, we're going to partner together and use the power of agreement today, okay? So whatever you're believing for God to do today, I believe that God is gonna move on your behalf. Are you ready for that? Are you ready for God to move on your behalf? Y'all need some more caffeine? Y'all help me out. I'm ready for God to move in my life. I'm ready for God to move in my situation. So if you're at home, you're ready. Um, would you turn with your Bibles 
with me to John chapter 13, verse 34 through 35. John chapter 13, verse 34 through 35. Yesterday was September 11th, and we remembered what happened to our nation 20 years ago. It's crazy to think that it's been 20 years. It's crazy to think the generational gap right now with those that were in the middle of it, with millennials, and then you got the Gen Z who are coming up that don't remember it. But there was a day that we remembered what happened to our nation. But I want us to, I want to encourage you and challenge you I heard somebody say, let's not forget, yes, let's remember September 11th, but let's not forget how we felt September 12th when we all united. We all said, let's be there for one another. Let's do this thing together. See, there's power in unity. There's power in agreement. There's power when we come together. Amen? And us as a, a church body, us as a change family, man, if you're a part of this church, uh, I want to encourage you to dive into that place of unity, that place of uh, agreement, that place of coming together in community, that there's power in it. And we look here in John chapter 13, listen to what Jesus says to his disciples. Verse 34, he says, a new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you so you must love one another. And by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. He gives a call to his disciples to this place where he, you can show the world who he is. And it's a place of true love. Now, when we say the word love, all of us, hello, all of us, we have different definitions of what love is. You might have past experience of love, and you might come into it with your definition. Maybe it was, you know, uh, growing up in a house with parents who didn't have the time for you. And so your definition of a father or mother love is distorted. And so even when we sing songs about the father being so good and, and him being such a good heavenly father, it's hard for you to define what that looks like because of your definition of love. But Jesus, he wanted to break down what we think of love and give his definition. He says, if you love one another as I have loved you. Now, another part of scripture, he tells the disciples, he says, no greater love than to lay down one's life for your friend. Jesus showed the ultimate example of what it looked like to love, to love. He didn't send good vibes. He sent kingdom vibes, which was love unconditional. It was love beyond condition. It was no matter what you do or say or how I feel, I love, I love with a deep love. Can you imagine what would happen to your world, what would happen to our families, what would happen to our homes if we had this kind of love? I mean, this laid down selfless love that if every person you went to coffee with, you sat down with the intention, I'm going to love deep. I want to love so much to lay down my agenda, lay down my life, lay down everything so that I can love. Love like Jesus loved. Can you imagine what would happen in our relationships with each other in the church if we loved like Jesus loved? 
if no longer was it, you know, about how we feel or about the circumstances or about, you know, how we felt on Sunday morning versus how we felt on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. But if it was all every day, we got up with the new intention to say, how can I love? And every time you woke up to go to work, you woke, woke up with that, that thought in mind. How can I love? How can I love? And Jesus talks about this love in the church, this love between his disciples, the love in the family. <laughs> I love being a part of this church because this is a community of people who love each other, who love each other. If you've ever come to uh, a hangout with change, you can know, number one, it's gonna be a rowdy bunch that's just loud and fun. Number two, you can feel the love. You just feel it. You feel the love. And, and th there's something that Jesus was calling us as a church to do that was outside of what the world was capable of. See, the world is capable of love in condition. How many have ever experienced that? You're loved to a condition. And if you do a certain thing or pass a certain line or, or do a, you know, some, something that takes yourself out of that love, it's a conditional love. As long as you stay on this side of the condition, love is present. But as soon as you step over here, this is why we see so much in our world, divorce taking over like rampant, because it's a conditional love. I, you know, we just uh, married Allie and Barry yesterday, actually for the second time a year and a half ago, and they renewed because uh, it was in the middle of the pandemic and we could only have like 10 people last time. And so they had a beautiful wedding ceremony. And as we're at the front, you know, you, you hold that person's hand and you make a commitment. And Allie promised to Barry to have and to hold in good times and bad times. Yet the world's conditional love is I will hold up my end of the bargain as long as you. Well, as long as you treat me good, as long as you love me like you've loved me while we've been dating, hello, as long as you give me flowers, as long as you, you know, take me on dates, as long as I feel it, I'm in love. And that's the world's conditional love. But Jesus was saying, hey, as far as my church, as far as this community, what we have, and I'm gonna encourage you and implore you today with this kind of unity, this kind of love, because this is an unconditional love. It's a love where I say, I love you. No matter what you do, no matter what you say, no matter if you abandon, no matter if you fall away, I'm gonna love you continually. I'm gonna love you unconditionally, holding nothing back because my love is not conditioned on what you do. Jesus said this kind of love, if you have this love present, the world will know you and they will know me. So we are literally painting a picture for the world of what Jesus looks like when we love one another unconditionally, when we lay down our lives. And this church believes in serving. And, and man, I love when we have the, the outreaches and we get to work with Chosen 300 and we get to serve and just love and unite that effort. And you know, there's no better way to show the world what it looks like than when we come together as a unified body and we love one another unconditionally. And we're there for one another unconditionally. And we give selflessly to one another. And then we serve our city out of that place of love. You know what we do? We send kingdom vibes. I want to challenge everybody in this room. As you know, this season is a season of building. Honestly, we were online 
for a long time as a church, about a year and, and some. And coming back into launching this, this, uh, this movement, coming back into life, coming back into the present, I want to challenge us as a church, those of us that are in this room, I want us to challenge ourselves to, to stop, to look around and say, Lord, how can I love outside of myself? Who, who do I not see? And those of you online, let me encourage you that as, as you're sitting in your house and you're watching and you're still part of this community to stop, because I think here, here's the danger, okay? And can I just encourage you as, my, as your pastor today? I wanna encourage you just out of love that this, this culture has become a culture of self-absorption. I mean, we, we literally live in a world where it's literally consumed with you, safety, all about you and your family and what you should do. And, and it's very, very self-centered. And not that that's wrong, that we should protect our families and be safe and all this stuff. That's not, I'm not saying that's wrong. But I am saying this, that if we continue down that path as a church family, and we start to be in this place where it's like all about us and do I feel and, and what, what is with me, you can get caught in isolation and get caught in a place where you don't love outside of you, where then it becomes just all about you. And how do I feel? And I need to take care of myself and all this stuff. But, but, but can I tell you that that causes fear. That's why we're seeing fear swipe throughout the nation. It's because as much as we can get our eyes on you, and this is what the enemy knows, the more you can get your eyes on yourself, the more you can get your eyes on inward, you become so full of fear. And that's why the Bible says the power of love, perfect love, casts out fear. It's the only way to cast out fear is perfect love. Perfect love isn't loving ourselves. Perfect love is loving others. Jesus says, love one another. Get outside of yourself and love one another like I love you, like I'm willing to go to the cross and die for you. Love that way because in that way you replicate who I am. You show the world what it looks like to love. So I want to encourage everybody right now in your life, and you should even take a couple minutes right now and just stop. Think, who can I love? Who can I reach out to right now? Who have I not heard from in a bit? Maybe you're at home and maybe you can think, who are the people that I haven't connected with in a while? Because you don't know what people are facing. You don't know where they are, but Jesus calls them to this place of love. And I wanna I want show you the power of this unity, that when we step into this place of unified love, unified service, unified relationship, when we step into this, there is power. Everybody say power. Come on, say power like you mean it. Say power. <laughs> there you go. Thank you, Shepard. It's a power. Challenge. I want to challenge everybody just to take some time. Man, maybe this week, text somebody, call somebody, FaceTime somebody, love somebody outside of yourself, outside of your home. Look for ways that we can unify as the body of Christ to love one another. Amen. I want to look at Matthew chapter 18. This is the power of unity. Matthew chapter 18, verse 18 through 20, if you're taking notes. But looking here, it says, truly, I tell you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. 
Again, truly, I tell you that if two of you on earth agree about anything they ask for, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three gather in my name, there am I with them. Actually, the context of this verse is everything that happened when Jesus rose from the dead. Because you see, when Jesus rose from the dead, he defeated death, hell, and the grave, right? And so once he did that, all power became the authority of Christ for every follower who now believed in Jesus. Now the law of sin that kept us from working in, working in the power, working in the authority, now was broken. So anybody who came underneath the name of Jesus, and that's why when we, when we come to Jesus, we, we declare him as Lord, right? We confess him as Lord because no longer is sin Lord or the world Lord, nothing else is Lord. Now he is Lord. And in that, the power and authority comes with that. But he talks about how everything is already bound and loosed in heaven. How many of you have ever read the scripture where it talks about the wonders in heaven become the signs on the earth? You ever read that? talks about the earth in eager expectation for the children of God to be unveiled. And it's a scripture that talks about have everything happening in the, the heavenly realm. Because you see in the heavenly realm, there's perfection, there's holiness. God is working in power. And did you know that you can tap into that power? You can tap into that power. It says, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. In other words, you just align with what's already happening in heaven to release it and loose it here on earth. It's saying yes to what is already taking place. When we read this, sometimes we think that we're binding things and then the angels are binding things in heaven. But literally he's talking about binding things that are already bound in heaven. And that's why we as Christians when we love and we serve and we pray and we, we agree over healing, we don't come out of a place of struggle. We come out of a place of victory. Amen? Do you know that? You come out of a place of victory because Jesus already overcame the world. He already overcame everything. He bound it all up and loosed it all up. And what those words literally mean is to allow or disallow. When you bind something, you disallow it from happening. And that's why as Christ followers, we can't just send good vibes. We got to send kingdom vibes. That when we walk in a room, we say, that's not okay, what's happening. The sickness, disease, the thing, the depression, the anxiety, that's not okay. That's not okay. How many know it's not okay? I mean, the world can even attest to this. It's not okay. So when we come in with kingdom authority, we literally say, that's disallowed in Jesus' name. I disallow that happening. What we're doing is we're binding something that heaven has already agreed with saying that's not allowed. And so you come into authority, but he says, he shows the power of where two of you agree on earth. The agreement, the agreement. See, this unity of agreement is what God wants to do. He wants to do it in you. He wants to do it in me. He wants to do it in the church across the city. He wants to do it in the church across the nation and the world. God wants his church to be in agreement because it's in this unity that there's power that flows from the church. Amen. Power that flows into healing. Power that flows into mental healing. Power that flows into relationship healing. Power. 
real power. Not just something we all sit around and talk about and sing about and think, wouldn't that be cool if? No, we are literally in a reality where God has already bound things and loose things. And now we have the privilege and the authority to walk on earth and say, that's not allowed. Or that is allowed. But it's in the agreement. And this collective group of people who, who come in, actually the, the word they use there for, it, for the, the unity or the agreement is actually to create a stronghold. To create a stronghold. Do you know what a stronghold is? It's something that holds something. It's something that, that, that is a, a blockade to something else, right? A stronghold. And that's when we read the scriptures about how we have weapons of divine power to demolish strongholds. We're talking about strongholds of the enemy. But Jesus is talking about strongholds that we can create as the body of Christ. That when we love one another, when I love you deeply, when I'm like, yo, you're my brother, you're my sister in Christ, whatever you need, I love you. I selflessly give to you. And I come in with authority and say, hey, listen, we're going to agree around your healing. We're going to agree around your relationships being mended. We're going to agree around you saving your school or you praying for your neighborhood, or you praying for, for something to happen financially or something to happen in your, your life and situation. When we agree with that, we come into this perfect union, we create a stronghold, a stronghold that can't be broken. Now, the beautiful thing is about our strongholds that we create is they can't be undone by the enemy. The strongholds we create can't be warred against. And that's why we can sing those songs and, and say the scriptures. No weapon formed against us shall prosper. But it's not talking about just no weapon in, in anywhere can come against us because we're Christian. No, it's talking about the strongholds we create in unity. When we come into agreement with one another and we say, I agree with you. Let's pray and disallow this from happening. Let's allow the joy, the peace, the strength, the healing flow of Christ. Let's allow it to come together. We agree on that moment. And once we do that, Jesus says, I have already done all this in heaven and I allow it to happen on the earth through you, my children. But it happens through the agreement. Are you with me? And this is the power of what we do as the church. This is why we gather. This is why we do what we do. This is why we gather in groups and why we have these crazy dinner parties and crazy things that we come up with as a church to just get together and fellowship. Why? We're creating unity. Unity happens in relationship and relationship is messy. How many know that? Relationships can be very messy because you take on all the craziness of that person when you come into relationship. When me and Ashley got married, I said yes to everything that came with her past and her experiences and all the crazy. And she said yes to Lord knows what comes with all of my past and experiences. And we all brought it to the table. We said, here's the mess. Now we got to sift through it and become one. And that's what we do as the church. Everybody comes in. We always say, you can come as you are. This is a church where you can come as you are. You don't have to dress up. Don't take care of all your sin yet. Just come in here because this is the place where you put it all on the table and you say, here I am. I'm a mess. I got a lot of past experience. I got a lot of doubt. I got a lot of things that have happened to me that have scarred me. And you bring it all to the table. And we as a church, we say, hey, 
That doesn't matter. We're going to sift through it. We're going to figure it out because we're here in unity and agreement. And we're going to disallow those things from coming into your future. But we're going to allow Christ to come alive in you because that's what Paul said. That Christ comes alive in you. Therefore, all old things are dead. So we come in agreement. We come into unity as a church body and say, this is how we flow. This is our swag. This is our stride. We come together and we stride like this because we are unified in Christ with a love that's unconditional. Are you with me? This is the power of what we do as the church. This is why church is so different. This is why it's so different being a part of a body of Christ and not just another club or another organization or another group that gets together. But this is the power of what we do because there is real power in our collective effort. When we come together, we unify and we say, yes, I believe. We see things happen in the natural that shouldn't take place. They can't be explained any other way than God is present. That's why Jesus said, when you love one another, when you have that perfect unity, when we have relationship, when we do things together, the world will see. I can see Christ in that. When Holy Spirit speaks, he speaks a word. And this is so powerful because we all pray over our years. I hope you've prayed over your year. You know, we've done this every year as a family, me and Ashley. We've just prayed over our year and God gives us a word and we define it. But the beautiful thing about the word of Christ is that it is always in process. As soon as he speaks it, there's things in motion. Now, there's something you can do on your end to speed up the process, okay? There's something we can do on our ends because it's not just we hear a word from God and then we just wait and we sit. And sometimes I think that's the, that's the misconception of coming into Jesus is that we think that we're just gonna get saved and we just go on with our life, do nothing different and everything will just work itself out. And then we get, we get messed up when, when life happens and we're like, what? That doesn't make sense. Or we're not seeing any power in our prayer. We're not seeing the fruit out of our lives. But yet, if you look at yourself, you've changed nothing. You know, you've not come into community and really being real and transparent and vulnerable because you, 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 know, you can't trust and all that stuff. But that's the misconception is that we can come into Christ and do nothing different, but just he'll just fix everything. He'll just change everything. And yet God is a God of the process. That's why you see Jesus, when he taught his disciples, he always taught with questions. Every time the disciples asked him a question, I'm sure it was super frustrating. Can you imagine if you're a teacher, if you're at school, and just every time you ask a question, you just ask the question right back, and you're like, did anybody else like, understand that? No. Like Jesus always answered with a question. It's like, hey, Jesus, how does that happen? He's like, hey, how does that happen inside of you? Whoa, hold on. Did he answer my question? No, he didn't answer my question because God is a God of process and he knows that when you process something, you actually put into motion what he's put inside of you. When we come into unity and come into agreement, we actually put into motion what Christ has put in us. That's why it's so important. That's why we work so hard to make sure that that, uh, even those that didn't feel comfortable coming live are still online with us. And we create an online community. Why? It's so important to gather because it's in this body, in this unity that we have power, the power of agreement, but also we work out all things. I want to look at a scripture in Hebrews chapter 12. Check this out. This is so amazing. Hebrews chapter 12, verse number two. 
This is the King James Version. So you have to put like an accent on when you read it. You can't just read it in normal. How many have the, the version app on your phone? You have the version app? No? Oh, y'all need to get some. So good. The Bible app is so good. But they have these like voices that read you the scriptures. Well, the one that reads the NIV is this old guy who talks like this. And he's like looking unto Jesus. It's very intense. I like, I love listening to it because I'm like, ooh, I feel like I'm in Bible times. But whenever I read King James, I have to read in that voice. So bear with me, okay? Verse number two says, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Isn't that a little more intense when we read it like that? The author and finisher of our faith. The author and finisher of our faith. I just want to stop right there. I love that picture. Jesus as the author, and he's the one that finishes faith. He's the one that inscribes on your heart as soon as you say yes to Jesus and you have that relationship with him and you start out this journey with Jesus. So that moment he starts to inscribe on you fresh faith. But it doesn't stop there. He says he's the author. He starts it. He writes it on you. But then he's the perfecter. He's the finisher. He's the one that keeps continuing the process in you to make you more bold, more believing, more faith-filled. But it's in that relationship with Jesus that we know that he inscribes on us faith. And that's why it's so important that you are in relationship with me and I'm in relationship with you and you are in relationship with her and you're in relationship with her. Why? Because the Father has inscribed, he's authored faith on us and he's working out faith. And my faith that I've built over 30 years can combine with your faith that you've built over the last 10 years, can combine with your faith that you've built over the one year that you've been alive in Christ and over your faith and everybody. We can build each other's faith because he's the author, but he's the perfecter. He perfects our faith in that relationship with one another. As we come and we're inscribed, we're the canvas that God writes on us fresh, faith. And in these moments of being together in worship, in these moments when we come together and we hear the word, the author and perfecter of faith is perfecting us. He's perfecting us. Every time we come and we gather around at dinner and we talk and we're sharing stories and we're sharing how God has moved in our lives and you're sharing about how God has spoken to you and moved in your life, you know what's happening in that space? God is perfecting faith. He's perfecting faith in us. He's taking us through a process. Because how many know settle for just wanting the two and not wanting to go through anything? You know, if it's easy, I'll show up. If it's the easy button, I'll come and serve. If it's more than enough and I have enough in my bank account, then I'll give. If that person is nice to me, they smell good, all this stuff, I'll be their friend. But if all of those things are on the table, it's very conditional how we treat this thing of perfecting ourselves and our faith and come into unity with Christ and unity with one another. And I wanna challenge all of us that as we build this church, that we build on the core value of what Christ called us to as a body, that no, we're not setting up to, sh to show a show and entertain. 
No, we aren't here to just create a church where we all come, we're gathering, we're comfortable. No, that's all good. And we're gonna create the greatest culture and environment ever. That's what we believe in just as a church and a body. But we are coming together to unify in Christ, to say, hey, brother, hey, sister, I love you deeply. I love you beyond what you're bringing to the table. I love you beyond what you've gotten into. I love, be- I love you beyond the doubt and all the neglect and all the abandonment that you feel, all those, the pain, because they always say hurt people hurt people. And sometimes people come into the church like that and they hurt out of that place of hurt. And I want to encourage this church, this body, those of you watching, that we place down on the altar and we say, Christ, help us with this. Help us to lay down our selfish desires. Help us to lay down our self-look and let us put in the love. Let us put in what it takes to build this unity. What he starts, he always finishes. But it's in the power of agreement. It's the power of agreement. Let's just pray over those things that we're agreeing together with. Let's just unite in this. If you're at home right now, we're going to agree with you. What God wants to do in your life, what God has placed before you, maybe this storm right now, we're going to pray that God would move on your behalf. Come on, let's pray right now. Jesus, I thank you for every single person in this room and online under the sound of my voice. I thank you, God, that you're moving on their behalf. God, I pray for every situation, every circumstance that has reared its face. God, every financial struggle, every every body that has come under sickness or disease, every person they're believing for healing, relationship they're praying for mending. Right now, God, by the power that's in agreement in this room, we pray for your power to move that mountain in Jesus' name. Pray you move on their behalf. Set something in motion, God, that's beyond us. Hallelujah. I thank you for everything, everything that's a hindrance to what you want to do, God. Move it in Jesus' name. And I pray we release, we allow love, joy, peace, strength, healing right now to flow. Can you just do that right now? Just pray that over that person. Say, Lord, I just release your healing. Those of you online, why don't you just pray that? We release that healing. I release that life. I release that peace. Come on, over that chaos, over that anxiety right now. We release your peace in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. By the power in this moment of unity, we release that power. Thank you, Father. Thank you for how you're moving, Lord. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. Now we thank you, God. We thank you that you're perfecting the faith. You're perfecting something inside of us, the change in us, Lord God. I pray you complete right now. Complete that faith in that person right now. Complete in this room our faith to know you are moving. In fact, can we just put praise on our mouth right now? Even at home, can you put praise on your mouth? Lift your hands. Let's just worship him for who he is and what he's doing. By faith, we say, thank you, Jesus. Come on, can you do that? Just say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for moving on my behalf. Thank you, Jesus, for moving that mountain that looks too big. Thank you, Jesus, that I'm just in the middle of miracles. Thank you, Jesus, that I'm in a valley right now. But God, I'm coming out. Hallelujah. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. 
Thank you, Lord. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. At Change Church, we believe in doing life together. If you want to connect with us, you can visit us online at thisischange.org or any social media platform at thisischangephl. Thanks for joining us and have an amazing week.